It's time for Coalfield and Company. I don't give a f- Adam Hill. You guys are a bunch of jerks, and you can't handle it. I f- that guy. Blame you for not being a freaking adult about things. I don't give a f- what that guy thinks, what he has to say, or what he writes. I always think Dane is talking about me there, but I don't think he is. Like those those calls are more those calls are more personal. They're not usually broadcast to the public. Uh, lots of stuff to get into. Not about the UFC, even though there is a UFC event this weekend. Maybe we'll get into a little bit of it uh, later on in the hour. But y'all know what time it is. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. All right, so. There's Tom Brady stories every year about just his intensity, his lunacy, his discipline, all of these things. I I will say there's we're going to listen to a clip from Ian Eagle, the broadcaster who uh, has a Tom Brady story. Everybody's freaking out about this story today about one particular part of the story. I am obsessed, not obsessed, but I I am I am more intrigued by another part of the story. Uh, but here's the story from Ian Eagle, and he talks about something, an item that Tom Brady has never consumed in his entire life. That's what people are caught up on. I fly into Boston. I get a ride from Boston into their facility, and I get there, and Jimmy, I'm a wreck. I'm a wreck. I'm working on... For me, too little sleep. I don't drink coffee. I've never had a sip of coffee in my life. I go into the meeting room and they had in the press area, it's empty except for us. First, they bring Dunkin' Donuts, big box. And in the press area, they have sodas and it was a large Pepsi. So I just convinced myself, I'm just gonna have the Pepsi. That's gonna give me the the joke. And they bring donuts. So Tom walks in. I have a large Pepsi in front of me and a half-eaten chocolate frosted donut. And he says, having a good morning, Ian? How's that all working out for you? I said, oh, no, no, no. I, normally, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a Pepsi at 9 a.m., but he doesn't want to hear it. He's like, no, no, you're, you're having a Pepsi at 9 a.m. And I said, well, have you ever had a Pepsi? He goes, no, never had soda. Three weeks later, we have him again, road game. First thing he says when he steps up, he's like, where's your donut? Where's your Pepsi? He knows to keep going back to it. A year later, he'll go back to it. That is true. He tremendous. doesn't forget. Okay. He, he's never had a soda? That's what everybody's obsessed with here. Well, because in the story, well, yeah. And in, in our tease on the rundown, it said it said the product, but here it says in this in what Ian just said, he said he never had soda ever. Yeah, Tom Brady claims he's never had soda, and everybody is very caught up on this. First of all, I get okay. Before we even get to my part of this, do we believe it? I don't. I don't either. I don't either. I don't believe that he's never had soda. No. I, I absolutely 100% don't believe it, especially, like, do I believe he doesn't drink soda now? Yeah, I do. But at some point, like, as a kid, never had a soda? You're, you're in college? You went to Michigan. You never had a soda? Yeah, because, like, I remember raising Jordan, and I stressed when his mother and I, you know, decided to single parent 
the week before his birthday, we split. One of the things she couldn't wait to do, and I think, you know, I don't, it's not just moms, just parents in general, certain parents. I specifically wasn't, but she could not wait to give him his first Happy Meal. <laughs> Get him chicken nuggets and let him sip on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a what, what age, what age was he when he did it? I don't remember. I don't remember. We're thinking like two or like seven. No, two or three. I mean, okay. I, I, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you know, she had her days with him. But to be honest with you, when he was seven, very limited with the fast food because he was always. I mean, for the first six months of the year, he's always training to go to end up to the, as you know, sure. The uh, so I he, no he is you know I think the kid, you know parents that's kind of one of the things you always can't wait to to get them their their first everything that first halloween that first so basically he's saying he doesn't eat junk food doesn't drink soda so what he never went trick or treating it's it's just it's preposterous and and first of all he may love soda then yeah who's he saying can. he might, maybe he loves it yeah try it once why is he knocking it cuz he's had it before he's doing it for health so, which is fine. so let me ask you this here's a question basically soda is flavored Carbonated, Sugar. but okay. So is he? So, but in reality, so uh, seltzer water is sugar-free soda. So he's never had seltzer water. Ooh, good point. And never had a he never had club. He's soda? also clearly a drinker. Never had a uh, like a like a soda, scotch and soda. Yeah. So because that club soda. So he's never had club soda. He I said mean, he's never had soda. We've already established he's just a liar. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you can throw out all the different. Variations of soda that you want to. He's just a liar. I'm looking at this picture on the link that we sent with the Big Five. Would Kevin Bacon play him in a movie? Brady? Yeah. Possibly. Although Brady would be like, that's oh, not healthy. I don't want bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. It's just Brady is just so he's he it's so it's so it sucks because every time he starts to come around, like he did the shop and he was actually Somewhat of a human being, and you're like, all right, Brady's not that bad. He and made then he one, does. He didn't tell the story, so it's not his fault. He made one comment about the Hall of Fame and why he's going, like trying to be funny about why he's going to attend Peyton Manning's induction, and it became it went viral, like because it's Tom Brady, so they think he's funny, so they think you know, because he had said, I I got to make sure that he's done for sure. <laughs> So all of a sudden, that's a that's a story. That's a piece. You know, Tom Brady's attending. So you know the the little hundred fifty word blog people. But yeah, you're right. Every time he, he does anything, shows up on the scene, says anything. Here, he didn't even say anything. Ian Eagle shared the story, and he's it's a story because it's Brady. So, so I also don't believe that Ian Eagles never had coffee. I don't believe that for a second. Um, he just doesn't like it, and that's fine. But why would you? Why do you say you never had it? Like, first of all, clearly he's into caffeine. He's never even tried coffee. I believe that he's tried it, didn't like it. Okay, that's fine. Move on. But why say you've never had it? This doesn't make sense. Here's here's my real problem with this whole thing. Like I, I am I am not one to criticize for, you know, busting chops. It's pretty much all I do ever. I get this it. Is true. But the like picking one thing and then just doing it over and over again really bothers me. Like you got to get new material, and so every time he sees Iron Eagle, hey, where's your soda? Where's your donut? Yeah, every that, time. Yeah, that was the thing. I was. Is it, why are you really, Tom? Why are you still? What? What? Is it bother you that much? No, it's like he finds one thing, and I guess you could make the argument if you're a Tom Brady stan, 
what you'll probably say is like, hey, he's relating to the guy. That's his one thing he knows about yeah. him. He meets a million people. He remembers this about this one guy. Okay, fine. So now how many people in, in America when he show, when Iron Eagle shows up to different cities to call games are going to say something? Right? Because now they're going to jump on that bandwagon. Oh, where's your, where's your soda? Where's your donut? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. You're... You're hilarious. It'll be like when it'll be like when Adam showed up at T-Mobile, and for like six, seven oh. straight games, and everyone was running up to him to bring him gummy bears to bring up to the <laughs> press row. That was cool though. Yeah, that was well, that was cool. It was fun. But I'm just saying now there's going to be fans running up handing Iron Eagle sodas and donuts. God, I miss gummy bears and fake so laughing bears. at Tom Brady's jokes. Yeah. Oh, Tom, you're so funny. Oh, soda and a donut. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> God, I can't. God, I was so close to liking him. Do it. Number four. That really frustrates me. Uh, all right, so Andre Godala is going back to the Warriors. We heard earlier uh, from Alan Sliwa that there was a possibility he was going to go to the Lakers. I think that would have been a great fit. I think it would have been awesome on the Lakers. Uh, that's a that's a loss, I think, for the Lakers. Mercedes going back to the Warriors, and that's not really the story here. I mean, it, it's cool that he's going back there. I think he's going to be of benefit to them. I think the Warriors, my dubs, long-suffering Warriors fan through thick and thin from two years ago when they were awful, became my team. All of a sudden, we've got a contender again, I think, with the Warriors, and Iguodala is going to be a part of it. But that's not really the story here. The story here is that Andre Iguodala tried to do something that I think is kind of cool. Um, He... Instead of, like, all these stories break the same way. Like, an agent will tell, you know, one of the broadcast partners, because if you don't know why the reporters from ESPN and, and places like that break all the stories, right? it's because they're broadcast partners of the league and they have an agreement to go through them with, with news releases and things like that. So instead of doing this, instead of doing it the, you know, the way of, all right, let's just tell Woj or the business partner, uh, Andre Gondola made a decision. Didn't tell a soul. Went out, has a reporter that he has a good relationship with that works for the New York Times, uh, Jonathan Abrams, not to be confused with Jonathan Abram, the Raiders player. But Jonathan Abrams is a writer at the New York Times. Iguodala went to him and he's like, hey, I'm going back to the Warriors. I want you to break this story. And I don't want you to break it with a tweet. Let's sit down, do an interview. Why I'm going back to the Warriors, why I love the Bay Area. Let's sit down and, and release this entire feature about me going to the Warriors and you can put it out and break the story but also have the background so the New York Times does this Abrams puts out the story feature hits the internet and about 20 minutes later Shams bomb Andre Gandala according to sources agreed to sign a deal to return to Golden State the Nets were also a finalist sources it's already out there. Now, Andre Godala, which I love this, responded to Sham's tweet. Yeah. And he goes, uh, Jonathan Abrams in the New York Times were the source. He says, pro. I think he meant bro. I don't, I'm not sure. But he's like, there's a source. It's not you. It is not whoever your sources are. We put this out. In, in, in Jonathan Abrams' story, he quoted uh, Iguodala. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then you don't need sources. Because no. what I will say is this. When there are other media outlets break or, or sourcing, if you will, on Twitter, um, 
I know AP's um, protocol is they'll confirm it. You know, I've seen it done like with Josh Dubow, who I work alongside, obviously, with the NFL or Stephen Wino in the NHL. And when they're tweeting stuff, they'll confirm it and then they'll put according to AP sources, even if it's been out there for 20, 25 minutes, because they want to confirm it. But that's if the player or the agent hasn't confirmed anything. In this case, yeah, the, I mean, if if Abrams has quoted him, then there, you don't need any other sources. No. But, but let me ask you the question on this one. I mean, it's I, and not to get away from this subject because I get I get this, but somewhat in the same theme. I saw something. I saw a little bit of a back and forth with an NHL writer who complained that there was a tweet and it said breaking, and then it was whatever the breaking news was. I don't remember what it was because it was about a week ago. It was during the trade deadline stuff, but it was it said breaking, and then you did if. You're not breaking it, but the news is actually breaking. It's in the realm of being broke. It's 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 a story that's being broken along a 10, 15 minute window. But if you're not the first one, can you use the word breaking? I mean, it's a weird one anyway. Like I I do it very rarely with a breaking story. Um, mostly, it's just to say like I. I'd, like I want to get that all caps breaking, so like, so you don't just ignore it in in the timeline. I think it's the only ways, and I do it. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it should be you breaking the story to use that word. I think if you're going to use the word, I mean, there's no real rules. This, trust me, in journalism school, you're not learning about how to send a breaking news tweet. You're right. There was no Twitter. I mean, you might now. Yeah. Um, but there was no like guidelines for that or anything. Like, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. But I would say it's only if you're breaking the story. Unfortunately, and this falls along the lines of this topic with Egodala and uh, and Shams, is that everybody wants to be first, and there's a dying need to be first rather than being right, and that's the problem. And that's the problem with, you know, Twitter media, and we see it all the time. You know, it's uh, it's just like we heard with with the uh, Flurry's topic in in in, in the uh, when it, when it, when he was asked in the press conference the other day in his first presser with Chicago, and he said. I did not learn about it from Twitter. I learned about it from my agent who said he saw it on Twitter. So, I mean. And from the team who said they were trading you, but that's right. for another day. Yes. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird media. Media battles are weird, but I'm here for it. Number three. I forgot momentarily what I was going to talk about, so we'll, uh, we'll go to it. Um, God, I... Somebody complained about that. It really, when people complain about certain things, sometimes they stick stick under my skin a little bit. Um, but these are real issues in, in, the, in the real world. Uh, somebody said we're just doing a, a three-hour PSA for vaccinations. First of all, it's the first time we've mentioned it today. Uh, but yeah, CNN is not allowing workers to come in to their building uh, unless they're vaccinated. And even then, very rarely are you allowed in the building. Apparently, a couple of employees were being dishonest about their vaccination status, said they were vaccinated, came into the building to work. Turns out they weren't vaccinated, and they were fired immediately. To me, that's end of the story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not only are you putting people at risk by not being vaccinated, you're lying you about it. You lied about it. Like, how is this even, how is this even a problem to people? Because people are turning it into, oh, now you're, you know, firing people over healthcare decisions. Like... First of all, yeah, that's fine if they do for me. But at the same time, like, no, this is you're lying. So is this is this uh, this media outlet that you sent the link for or that Ari sent the link for? The headline could be somewhat 
clickbait rather than, you know, a little bit misleading. CNN fires three employees for coming into the office unvaccinated. No, I would guess that you were fired because you lied. If you if you told the truth, perhaps they would have you know, said, well, this is how this is how it could be rectified or this is this or whatever the case may be. If, if you're being required to, then I get it. But at the same token, you lied. So there's more to it than just you weren't vaccinated. So you got fired. Yeah. And, and by the way, like, be ready out there. I, I know, you know, some people don't like talking about it or, or having it out there. Like this, this is going to happen more, more and more workplaces are going to require it. And I saw, I've seen people say like, you know, I've never heard of anything like this. Well, did you go to school? I mean, I'm pretty sure you went to school. Yeah. You have to get vaccinated for that. I'll tell you one of the, and I, I, I don't like having political conversations, and, and I don't like. Oh, to, stop. Okay. Before you even say it. Okay. This is not political. I was just I was just going to say. It's, it's not political. We've made it political, not, and it bothers me. This yeah. is not a political conversation. Which I was just about to follow yeah. with. <laughs> the problem is. Th- People turn this into that, and it's not. And so I don't like having any kind of conversations that transcend into that or that people make political. So that being said, I will tell a quick sad story real quick because I had a close friend of 25-plus years that just passed away of the Delta variant, uh, uh, Delta variant last week. He had... He didn't get vaccinated. Half of his family did. A couple of his family members did not. Now, the sad part about this is when the doctors called to say, uh, you better get in here. He's not going to last. He's, he's going to pass sometime this morning. They all waste in there. Now, leading up to that, all the time he was in the hospital, nobody could go in there. And the people that were the doctors and the people attending, they were wearing outfits that resembled hazmat suits. But when it was time to say goodbye, they made sure that you masked up. The only family members that got to say goodbye to him were if they were vaccinated and they masked them up. If you if they weren't, they didn't get to go in, hold his hand, say anything. They had to say goodbye from the window. That was pretty sad. Wow. So I mean, it's it sucks to hear a story. I'm glad you told it because it, you know, hopefully it will resonate with somebody out there. And again, it's not it's not political. It's to me, it's respectful. It's sure it's about yourself, but it's really do you care about the other people in society? I mean, yeah. I I think I do. Hopefully, you do out there. <laughs> That's kind of what it's about. So uh, we won't do a PSA for the person yesterday for three hours, but for these four minutes, I hope somebody got something out of that. Number two. Um, I forgot. Did you, did you say we have Kirk Cousins or we don't? Okay. So we do We do have more. And more I, vaccine stuff. I actually, no, but it's, uh, hold on. Uh, you might be surprised on my Kirk Cousins takes. All right. You may be surprised by this, but let's hear what Kirk Cousins had to say. You know, you test positive for the virus, whether vaccinated or unvaccinated, you can't play in a game. You can't play in a game with COVID, regardless of your vaccination status. So the key will be not being a close contact. That will be the focus, and um, we have to be very vigilant. I'm at peace with uh, with where I'm at, and um, I'll, I'll follow the protocols vigilantly. So I... The part of Kirk Cousins that I'm going to that I'm actually going to defend. Yes, that's right. I'm going to defend Kirk Cousins. The part that I'm really going to defend him for was not there. Um, but I will say, Kirk Cousins, 
is taking a lot a lot of heat right now. I get it. It changes like it does. It does impact the team. The quarterbacks can't for Minnesota can't be with the team right now. It sucks for the rest of the players. Um, and it's going to be like this for a lot of the year. When you're not vaccinated, you're going to put your team in a weird position. But here's the thing. I will absolutely defend Kirk Cousins. Not for not being vaccinated. I think it's kind of silly. But if you're not going to get vaccinated, as Kirk Cousins said, he will not. Nothing's going to matter. Nothing that you say. No stories are going to matter to him. He's not getting vaccinated. And that is definitely his personal decision. Yeah. But where I say bravo to Kirk Cousins is he is saying, listen, I understand what the protocols are. They suck. I'm willing to live with them. And I'll, he essentially said he would be willing to live in a bubble. Yeah. Like, I'll build, I'll build plexiglass around myself. I won't interact with any teammates. I won't go near anybody. I'm not going to go out and, and out in the public. I'm not going to go near. I personally don't feel like I should be vaccinated. I don't, I don't, I'm not about it. So I'm not going to put myself out in society. I'm not going to be around anyone. Like I'm going to do my own thing. I'm still not going to put anybody at risk. Right. So basically what he's, he, what he's saying is what the majority of people are not. And that is, I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm going to live my best life. I'm doing what I'm going to do. This is, you know, people are going to get sick, so on and so forth. And they're just going to, where he's saying, I'm not getting vaccinated, but I'm going to live by your rules. Yeah. And I'm going to do what whatever needs to be done to keep everybody safe. I'm just not going to put that in my body. If I have to live in a bubble in my quarterback room, I'll then, do it. If I don't, do if I yep. can't go to a restaurant, if I can't go to a theater, if I can't go among crowds, if I can't go around people, I can't go to the grocery store. I get that, and I'm making my decision that I'm not going to go out in life. Bravo to Kirk Cousins. Right. Listen, you do not have to get vaccinated, but you should not be a part of society. Then <laughs> that that's that that's the message, and that's what Kirk Cousins is saying. Good for him. I'm with it. Number one. All right. Got a lot of good sound from the Raiders today. We had, man, I, I think there was Zay Jones was very uh, forthright and honest about some things. Kind of funny. Uh, some good material from him. Foster Moreau I thought was very awesome, too, with the media. But today was the day that Carl Nassib spoke. And we'll hear from him on the other side. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Back here, Cofield and Company, on this Friday. Went a little long with our uh, big five, so we're getting number one. I guess, should we play the sounder? Number one. There we go. So, as we said, Carl Nassim spoke today. It's something that I know a lot of the reporters out at Raiders camp have been waiting for. Uh, there was some delay on when he was going to talk. I know everybody wanted to talk early. He wanted to hold off a little bit and got to hear from him today. I think... I don't know. I think he, it seemed to me, Willie, and I'll get your take on this, that he was nervous, like not outwardly nervous. He looked comfortable, but at the same time, it was like, how bad is this going to be? Yeah. 
And I, it wasn't. I, I, I mean, I, you'd have to ask him, I guess, but I thought it went okay. And I thought there was, you know, he handled the questions well and there was nothing too crazy. Seemed like he, he was fine with everything. Yeah, I definitely think exactly that, that, you know, that I think the anxiety, probably the walk from the locker room to the media room was might have been one of the longest, toughest walks for him. Um, but what I do know is our guy over there in the PR department, main guy, I, I do know that he, he told me at one point, and you may have been standing there, I think it was one of the days we were talking, but he had said that he told, he let, he let him know at some point that, you know, on his day that this, if, if there's any one group, any media group, that this is not a group that you have to worry about getting questions fired on you that, you know, that or throwing you off. I mean, it's going to be, your press conference is going to be fine, basically. Your media availability. You know, usually we get these guys and, and we won't see them again until a game that they thrive in or they're made available. Uh, right. in. We're not going to get, you know, other than Derek Carr, who we see once a week. And uh, But I think he got through it. You know, I think once he got the first couple of questions out of the way, he, he was fine. And Yeah. It he was, did great. Uh, yeah, it was, I thought it went well. And uh, here is Carl Nassib on – just the decision and, and actually telling people that he's gay. Um, very few um, friends around the league knew. Um, I went to the coaches, made sure that they, you know, I wanted to give them a chance to kind of digest, help me in the process. Um, and then I went home, felt like I wanted to be around family and friends at home to uh, make the announcement. There you go. So just, uh, you know, it was, it was a big public announcement. I mean, it was, it was on social media. He posted the video and just kind of let it go. But there was a lot leading up to that, obviously, of of in his life of who knew, who was telling, who was letting in on it. And he knew once it hit, it's time to be around some some loved ones and, and be a little bit comfortable. And I actually was surprised by this answer of Carl Nassa being surprised. Let's hear some more of what he had to say. I was definitely surprised by the uh, big reaction. It was, it was incredible. I thought nobody would care. Um, but it was just such a good feeling to have all the support. I was glad I could do my part to uh, help bring visibility and representation to the to my community. There you go. So, I mean, I was a little bit surprised by that answer. Like, he had to know it was going to be a huge story. Right. Well, I think what he said he was just, you know, the question basically, you know, just how has your life changed? Um I don't I think when he said it was incredible I didn't think anybody I thought nobody would care like I think that maybe he he figured it would be the fans the 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 public and then it would just go away I think it was the the support that he received is what more than anything that he was surprised about and um but then later when it when when we asked him I can't remember who asked this how has the reaction been from your teammates he was right off the bat and he was you know, immediately. I knew it was going to be good. I had zero stress about that. Absolutely no worries about it. Got a great locker room, great teammates, been met with nothing but love and support. It's been incredible. Football players get a bad rap, but we're humble, hardworking, accepting people, and this was a great example of that, definitely. And that's what we heard from Derek Carr on Wednesday when he said that he likes to sit back and observe the room with situations, and that's what he did that first day, and that he saw Nothing but everybody focused on Carl Nassib, the football player, and everybody's goal is to win the Super Bowl, and he expects nothing less than you know his absolute best, and that that's how the locker room's been since day one. Yeah, for sure. Well, a lot from Carl Nassib. You can check out certainly that full 
uh, media availability and read all the stories that are uh, up around, uh, you know, the media with the Raiders and uh, everybody's perspectives on that. Uh, I know Ed Graney wrote a column as well. So check all those out and uh, and see what Carl has to say because I thought it was, uh, uh, you know, very introspective and, and very interesting conversation that he had. Well, I look, I look at that as a good thing happening with the Raiders today. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all good, though. And I know Jason Cole had some... Uh, some thoughts, and he had some reporting on what is going on with the Raiders. We'll get his perspective next. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Back here, Cofield and Company, on this Friday, wrapping things up, getting you set for the weekend, a big weekend here for Raiders fans as a couple of legends of the franchise are going into the Hall of Fame. It's actually a great class in general, uh, but there's also some, some other news going on around the Raiders. We'll get to a lot of that right now with Jason Cole. You can follow him up on Twitter at Jason Cole 62 Jason, how you doing, sir? I'm fantastic. What's going on? Not much, man. It's a uh, it's an interesting weekend. Let, let's actually start with the Hall of Fame. I know uh, you are a selector for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Is this one of the better classes you can remember? Well, yeah, you go with um, Peyton Woodson and Calvin Johnson off the top. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, um, I mean, look, Peyton and Cal- and Peyton and Woodson were absolutely no brainers. Um, yeah, like they weren't. You know, Peyton was a Three second discussion, um, huh. and you know Woodson was maybe a couple of minutes, um, if that. And I just, I think that was more just the person who was giving the speech who just wanted to make sure <laughs> they crossed their T's and dotted their eyes, and then you know the room just kind of went, okay, great, thanks. <laughs> um, it wasn't a room; it was you know we were on Zoom, obviously. Right. Um, Calvin was a little bit for me. I think Calvin's a Hall of Famer. I, I didn't question that in any way, shape, or form. I just think that when you put him on a scale of okay, you got Peyton Manning, you got Charles Woodson, Calvin deserves to at least be discussed. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I didn't have a lot of doubt, but that was that was just sort of the part of the comp, part of the conversation. But there, I mean, there are so many people who are in this class. I mean, Bill Nunn, who people don't talk about, you know, is basically the first major African-American personnel man in the league. And he never even played football at either the high school, the college, or the pro level. Wow. And, you know, he's, I think there are like 13 people in the Hall of Fame who he drafted wow. um, or was part of the drafting process, including that amazing 1974 Steelers um, draft that includes Lynn Swan, Stallworth, Mike Webster, and whom I – there's a, there's a fourth guy draft. They drafted four guys who went in the Hall of Fame in that in that year. Oh, Lam- yeah, Lambert and Webster. Um, like his his contributions to the NFL are just uh, so obscenely great that it's it's staggering. And he gets very little notice in this class. And part of it is you know we're going to be putting two classes in right um, because of, because of the pandemic. 
it's it's obviously a very subjective process, but I, I am interested. It might be a tough question to answer, but like, what is your criteria when you're looking at it? What do you like to judge it on? Well, I think that uh, an old friend of mine, Len Pascarelli, who worked for the Inland Journal Constitution, the Pittsburgh Papers, and ESPN for a long time, and he spent 30 years as a, uh, covering professional football, maybe 40. Um, at the end of the day, it's kind of a smell test. <laughs> you can take all the criteria that you want, but did this guy change the game in some significant way? Because obviously some guys have short careers. Terrell Davis, I was a big advocate for Terrell Davis, um, that excuse me, if you take the four main years of his career and then add on that his playoff performances, that's as good as the meat of O.J. Simpson's career. And, and you know, aside, O.J. aside, you know, all the off-field stuff, <laughs> if you just talk about it as a Hall of Famer and the quality of it, it's about the same. Earl Campbell, the same kind of thing. Now, Barry Sanders is a little bit different. You know, some guys just overwhelm you, like Jerry Rice is so obvious or um, Randy Moss is so obvious. But it is really difficult when you start talking about guys like, say, a John Lynch who's going in this year, who we have as a finalist eight times. I mean, nobody's ever been a finalist that long before finally going in. I mean, we basically tortured him before we finally put him in. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's difficult, and you have to weigh a lot of things. I mean, Pro Bowls matter. All pros matter. Um, but at the end of the day, is like when you watched a guy play, did you sit there and go, that guy was truly special. Um, you know, he's he's a cut above so many other people. And for some guys, that's obvious. You watch Deion Sanders, it's obvious. For other guys, it's a lot harder to figure out. For sure. Well, definitely uh, check out all of Jason's stuff uh, up on Twitter. Uh, Jason Cole sixty two. Follow him there. And there was uh, a lot of you know a lot of people interested in a tweet. Uh, that you had sent out. I was actually going to say, I don't know what uh, OJ off-field issues you were talking about either. Um, never heard of anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A tweet that you sent out uh, about the situation going on with the Raiders, which has been a bit bizarre. Mark Bedane, uh in kind of a rushed statement, which was, which was all caps and very weird, uh, resigned uh, as you know president of the Raiders, maybe forced out, we'll find out. But uh, uh, several other executives have left as well. Uh, what is going on here? I know you uh, had had some news about this, and people are really scrambling to find out what's going on with the Raiders. Yeah, you know, I'm still scrambling. I just know that they're in the pro- either they have hired or they're in the process of hiring a law firm to deal with an issue that is sort of central to all of these executives who have left. That doesn't mean that they did something wrong. Okay, because I've heard a couple of different things about what it can be. Hmm. Um, you know, this I, uh, you know, I don't think this is something like the Washington football team, where there was harassment going on in the office. I don't think that's what it is. Okay, I think it's a much more com- complicated and convoluted issue. Though ultimately, I don't think fans are really the fans aren't going to care about. Right. But I think management will. <laughs> okay, that's the best way I can put it. With and feel safe. If I said anything else, it we're now in speculation land. Right. Um, really serious speculation. And I don't think that's fair. Um, so, you know, I, I think this is a business thing at the end of the day, more than it's a either a football thing or anything tawdry. But that doesn't mean it's not significant. For sure. And uh, definitely a lot of news will be coming out. Follow 
Uh, follow Jason. He'll uh, definitely let us know what his latest uh, you know, news is and what's going on uh, in his world and what he hears. Uh, but, Jason, it's we have football. I mean, we have Hall of Fame this weekend. We had a game yesterday. Football is here. This is an exciting time. Yeah, I, I always love the Hall of Fame game because you get really, really excited <laughs> for about five minutes, <laughs> right? And then you go, oh, yeah, it's preseason. <laughs> um, and you go, why am I spending And then you are like find yourself glued to watching it and trying to draw some conclusions about a lot of guys who are never even going to be in the league. Now, Najee Harris obviously played a lot and did okay. I mean, he did, you know, he just kind of did what the Steelers needed him to do to kind of get his legs underneath him to understand what's, how preseason works. Um, but, you know, you don't, you just, I always walk away from these things going, okay, there's not a lot of conclusions I can make, especially about the Hall of Fame game. I've covered that game probably four or five times when I've had a team playing in it where, you know, like the Dolphins, where I had to pay attention to what was going on. The, I mean, my argument is, and I, I fought with people yesterday a lot on this. Like, I just, I love watching football, just turning it on and watching it. Like, I'll watch it. I don't care who's playing. I'm just in. Well, I mean, that's, that's good. And your addiction <laughs> got fed yesterday. Um, I need a little more. Um, I, I, look, I've, I've watched, I don't know how many games in 30 years, you know, 500 games or, you know, probably close to 600 games. Um, actually, no, it's, it's probably 650 games that I've watched. Um, you know, playoffs and Super Bowls and, you know, regular season games and meaningful games. It's hard to get excited <laughs> about a preseason game. It really, for me, I mean, again, there's some interesting things that happen. There's some young guys you want to see. Um, you want to see how they react when the lights go on. Uh, but I wouldn't draw too many other conclusions. Like, again, I think that we're going to get someday, probably in the next 10 years, where we're to 18 games and they'll play two preseason games, and then every team's probably going to have one scrimmage or two scrimmages where they get to hit a little bit and get to see how guys adjust to getting hit. But um, I, I, I really I really think that it's hard for anybody to draw a lot of conclusions about when guys, when a lot of regulars aren't playing. Now, Jason, you're you know you're taking you're taking a little bit of my fandom thunder away as a, as somebody who grew up in Las Vegas, been here since 1972. Remember when the strip mm-hmm. was about 10 minutes to drive from one end to the other? I remember where mm-hmm. Allegiant Stadium was actually a dirt lot. Um, and I tell you, when I used to travel to California or any other cities. If we drove through an area where I knew an NFL stadium was nearby, I would make, if I was with someone or um, if I had a rent a car, my own car, I would literally go and just drive into an empty parking lot and take a picture of it with a, with an old show, shooting uh, point-and-shoot camera because there was nothing like it in Las Vegas. Back then, I mean, we had the, the AAA ball club. So as we talked to uh, one of the local guys here, who's out there to cover the ceremonies and the event, the nostalgia alone, you said you've covered five or six of them, but just walking into to Tom Benson Stadium and just just being there in itself, like you said, the excitement in the first five minutes, and then you kind of remember, oh, yeah, it's the preseason game, and we're watching guys right. who are going to be playing. But in and itself, 
you know, after months of no, no football, and you're a, you're a football, you know, most journalists are, are, are football yeah, fans yeah. or sports fans. There's still that nostalgia and and somewhat excitement of just what comes with being in that venue. Oh, trust me, like the weekend is fabulous. <laughs> All of the things that you know, like the ceremony is fabulous. Um, the speeches are fantastic. The raw emotion of seeing guys go into the Hall of Fame, seeing guys warm up and play in a game. Uh, you know, like that's all great. Don't don't get me wrong. But you know, like there's so much buildup and there's so much hype and there's so much greatness in the air. Like you're celebrating the three hundred people who are, you know, the very infinitesimally small group of people who have done something so phenomenal to earn their way to Canton, right? Yeah. And so you're like, oh, this is amazing. This is it. And then you see, like, Andrew Walter throw a screen pass. <laughs> like, And then, you know, like, and he lobs a screen pass where you could time it with a sundial to hang time, right? <laughs> and you just kind of go, that's not what the Hall of Fame's about. Right, like that's just not it, right? So it's there's just this really stark come down, right, in those first five minutes because you realize, oh, this is not the caliber of football that's putting somebody in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I guess I guess we can rule out the discussion on Andrew Walter and his enshrinement at some point. Uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, Jason Cole, always <laughs> always great. Uh, follow him up on Twitter at Jason Cole six two. Where can people check you out, and what do you got coming up? Oh, you can check me out at Florida Football Insiders. I'm actually working on uh, a couple of book projects right now. There you go. Uh, yeah, so that's wh- that's where I'm at right now. But yeah, I'm a. I've got uh, you know you can pick up a copy of uh, Elway, Relentless Life. That was my book that came out last September, uh, the biography of John Elway, um, and lots of other stuff coming up really really soon. Um, and you know some projects, in fact, coming up probably on Bill Nunn, who I talked a lot about already. Awesome. Sounds very, very awesome. I like the story already, so uh, I'm in. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Jason Cole, check him out, at Jason Cole 62 up on Twitter. Uh, great stuff from him, as always. Be back. Close things up on a Friday. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Cofield & Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Take your hand in there, Dave. Wrapping things up on this Friday, heading into the weekend. Always good to talk TV recommendations for the weekend. I would say Olympics one gold medal game tonight. I'm excited. Uh, Ari said Stranger Things season four. Are you in? Uh, no, no idea what it is. Uh, Sunday. Summer League, I'm sure it'll be on somewhere. Somewhere? NBA TV? Yeah. They generally uh, televise it. I just had the schedule up a little bit ago. Cobra Kai Season 4 comes out in December. That trailer came out yesterday. I'm excited for that. What just moved to um, to Netflix? Our all show? American? But I, I, I watch All American every week, so I'm yeah, already caught every, up, bro. Yeah. So don't say anything, because some of us uh, catch it on Netflix. And yeah. will very soon. Wait, hold on. You haven't even started season one, have you? No, I, yeah, yeah, I went right through it. I just didn't oh, okay. talk about it on the show. Okay. I don't know, it was a quick thing we hit. But yeah, I was into it. Every time you mentioned it, I was like, yeah, I do like that show. That's right good. now I'm in the in, in the middle, uh, or I'm about to finish season two of 
The Wire. I had never watched it. I have to have. Really? An, where, where have an, you uh, been? You have your cardio show. Yeah, the cardio show. That's right. You'd never watched The Wire. Mm-mm. Well, I'm hmm. not. Not. You know, Gra- grainy, grainy insisted. Hot, here, uh, by right. the way, by the way, hot take here that you're not going to like. Wire is better than Sopranos. All right, next. I'm not getting involved, <laughs> but it's a valid argument on on both sides. I would say. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I take Friday. <laughs> oh my go. goodness, that's a that's a whole. We're going to continue that Monday. <laughs> so you're not you're not thinking that so far. That's that's sad. Uh, actually, we just mentioned the gold medal game, and it's tonight. I guess we should talk about it quickly. Um, I'm all in on this team. I love it. I love what they've done. Uh, the coaching staff has been absolutely unbelievable. They have figured out a way to get to where they need to be by this point, which is all they needed to do. Right. And I think one of the things they really did well was not only figure out rotations, but they figured out, and Kevin Durant talked about this, they figured out how to allow other teams to come out and just throw everything they have for the first quarter. Don't worry if you're down 10. It's fine. We know everything they did. We're going to adjust, and we're going to beat them and do everything that they're trying to do right back at them, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's... You know, it's like a boxer just letting you come in and swing away for the first four or five rounds and then weather the storm and then beat them down. That'll do it. Team USA tonight, gold medal game. We'll check that out. Thank you guys for listening. Willie, great work.